Welcome to Every Man a Leader, a podcast designed for men. Being male does not make you a man. And this podcast is a conversation on what it means to step up to be the man that God's already made you to be. Every man listening to this podcast has a very specific calling and design, but we have to say yes. We have to submit and surrender to that call and surrender to our Father in heaven for us to walk fully in that call. Every man a leader. Welcome to the show. Welcome to episode three of Every Man a Leader. This one was an interesting one. This is actually another recording of one of our men's night. In fact, it was just about a month ago. And as the team got together before we had the men's night on what we wanted to discuss, the idea of mental toughness came up. And we started to have this conversation of all of these specific gurus or podcasts or people that we may look up to that we consider to be mentally tough. And the question came up, do these men hold a candle to Jesus? And I think that's an obvious answer. But upon research, it's interesting that it seems no one really has had the conversation about Jesus being the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth. And I think that's significant. I think it's important as believers and as Christians to understand the man that we follow, the savior we follow, no one holds a candle to him. So episode three, get your pins out, take some notes, but ultimately find yourself surrendering to the king of kings as we talk about what it means to be mentally tough as a believer and mentally tough as a man following Jesus, who we believe is the toughest man to ever walk the face of the earth. Again, welcome to episode three. What's interesting about coming to nights like this is as a church, we'll come because this is what we do. We come, to, we come to events. And a lot of times we don't have clarity on why we show up to something. I hope you guys realize, as Brad was talking about and as Jeff talked about, we could care less about having another service. There's no reason to have another service. The weekend services are amazing. So when you come to a, an event like this, even, even as you're sitting there, it's so important to become very clear on why you are here. For, for example, I love nights like this because some of you tonight will make a decision to follow Jesus and make him Lord for the first time. I don't mean you prayed a prayer as a kid and you went to church. I mean, tonight you're going to actually make a true decision to say yes to Jesus for the first time, to make him Lord of your life for the first time. Some of you tonight, some of you husbands, you're going to make a decision tonight to actually pursue your wife the way that she deserves to be pursued. And you're going to stop telling the story that she doesn't want me sexually because I'm not something. And instead, because that's what we do as husbands, we pout because we don't feel like she wants us. And because she doesn't want us, we sedate with pornography. For, for many of us who've done business trips, the temptation to cheat physically, it's all in front of us. And because we tell ourselves the story and we create a framework by which we believe the story, we cheat. We, we look at things we shouldn't do. We go to places. We sedate with alcohol. What I love about nights like this is for some of you, you're going to actually make the decision to start saying no to the thing that uh, has your attention and start turning your heart towards the bride that God gave you. You want, you want to have an incredible sexual relationship with your wife? Raise your hand if your husband, if that's a, that would be a good goal of yours. See, what's funny is we come to a men's night and we don't want to talk about stuff like this because it's too raw. Yet every single husband that literally every man that I've sat in front of or across from the table, this is the subject that comes up that bothers them the most. And yet we're the reason why she doesn't want us because we're not pursuing her the way she deserves. Tonight, some of you are going to make a decision to become the man that you want to be. And when you become the man that you know you can be and want to be, she will be attracted to you. Any husbands in here can attest to that. 
that. Man, my, my conversation with Scott, what, five months ago? I don't remember. I mean, tears coming down our faces, sitting at Scott, uh, uh, Starbucks, talking about the joy of marriage and winning our wife's heart back. That's what nights like this are for, is to actually become the men that God's asked us to be and to step into the, into the spaces where we know there is chaos. Because that's, that's a mantra here that you've heard a lot. Where there is chaos, men step in to create order. We bring order to chaos. This is what Jesus did. It's a good night. And you know what? It's a great place to be if you're a man. Because this church cares about you. I mean, when we do these Wednesday workouts, which you heard Brad talk about, do you, do you understand like there are men there? Like I think about our friend Madison. We're, Madison's over here somewhere. I won't tell his story. He can, you, you can find him and he can tell you. But this man had the audacity about a month ago to pray for us if we were going through something hard. He had one of the most tragic things happen to him up in 10 months ago, coming up on the anniversary of that. And yet he had the audacity to pray for me to make sure that I was okay. That's the kind of men that show up to Wednesday workouts. It's not about push-ups. It's about linking in arms with other men so that you can actually walk and be who you, who you know you're supposed to be. That's why it's important. That's why Fight Club's important. That's why boot camp. Raise your hand again if you went to boot camp. Give me a ooh if you went. Give me a ooh if it changed your life. It changed men forever. And as we move into the mindset of the master, we're going to be done, I promise. We're not going to go long tonight. But as we go into the mindset of the master, who is Jesus? Who is the pinnacle of what it means to have a growth mindset? Who is the pinnacle and the peak of what it means the most mentally tough man to ever live? You know what's interesting, guys? As we started to develop tonight and talk through tonight and pray about tonight, this idea of the mindset of the master. And so, of course, we do some research to find out what are we going to talk about? What are we going to give to the men? You know, when I Google, Googled Jesus mental toughness. Guess how many books showed up and articles showed up about the mental toughness of Jesus? Zero. There are billions of articles on Google, billions, billions and billions, and yet zero written about the mental toughness of Jesus. When I looked up books, zero books on the mental toughness of Jesus. When I looked up podcasts, surely there's a podcast with some dude in some place doing podcasts who's talked about the mental toughness, zero. And yet here we, here we are inside of a house where we serve the one who was the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth. We, we serve a master who is the epitome of the growth mindset, which is a big book. You, Carol Dweck wrote a book called Mindset. It's one of the most beautiful books on how to get unstuck if you're stuck. I would encourage you to read it. It's a great book. We should read it. But she doesn't hold the candle on what it means to have a growth mindset. Jesus is the one who invented it. He's the one. So I'm going to ask you to take two minutes. When we talk about growth mindset, what's the opposite of that? It's the fixed mindset. And if we're talking about the mindset of the master who is in this room with us tonight, we're going to invite him to help us get out of this fixed mindset. But I want you to take two minutes and I want you to ask, Lord, show me where am I stuck? Because this is what a fixed mindset is. I can't get out of this hamster wheel, this thing that continues to disrupt my life. Where are you stuck? Where is the fixed mindset? Take two minutes, write down on the paper that you have on your notes, write that down and get very clear and very specific. Don't say, you know, I struck. No, get very clear at 5 a.m. on Tuesday mornings. I always get very clear on that. Take two minutes. I'm going to just throw this. You ready? Are you ready? I'm going to throw it to Matt. Woo! Do you mind sharing what's on your paper? Uh... So, uh, not an easy thing to share in a huge group of men. Now, what's sad is you're the only man that deals with that. So, we just want to let you know. <laughs> There's no other man in here that's, that deals with that. So, we just feel bad for it. Raise your hand if you relate to Matt's story that he just shared. Not to mention that he had the courage to actually share it. Come on, raise your hand. Everybody on the count of three say you are not alone. One, two, three. You are not alone! 
Just throw it to somebody else. Just throw, throw it wherever you want. I just want us to hear real stories from real men in this room. Oh, gosh, what a night to be here for this. What's your name? I'm Riley. I Riley, know a few Riley, of you. Okay. I don't know many of you. Um, if you ever see me, please come say hi. I'm stuck in terms of forgiving myself for the pain. On the count of three, I want you to yell at this big this time. You are not alone. One, two, three. You are not alone. All right, Riley, just to- toss that over to one more person. Wes? It's me. Wait, Graham. Okay. Brad, Brad. Okay, gotcha. Graham. Graham. Like, Graham like the cracker. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, not like the unit Brad. of measurement. Uh, Wes, it doesn't matter. It's something. Uh, no. Close enough. All right, Graham. I don't want to be consumed by the count of three. I want you to yell, you are not alone. One, two, three. You are not alone. I'm going to give you two things when it comes to a fixed mindset, just real quick. And we're going to actually jump into a story in the Bible. First John 1 John 1.9 says, we confess our sins to the Lord. He is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you know that most of the church has got that one down? But raise your hand if you've asked for forgiveness to Jesus a thousand times for the same mistake you keep making. Anybody? And what's great is he forgives every time. That's, the Bible says he's faithful and he's just to forgive us and cleanse us from all. He's faithful to do it every single time. We got that one down, man. We come down to the front. We have people pray with us. But the tough part is, is we don't have the other part down, the second step down, which is the second step that AA gets right all the time and the church sucks bad at it. For some reason, we got this don't ask, don't tell thing that goes on in church, and we can't bring up our porn issues, we can't bring up our alcohol, we can't bring up how we sedate, and every man in here is probably sedating in some way, shape, or form, and we don't have a way or an avenue to to say anything because one, we'll lose too much, I'll expose too much, people will know too much, and I'll lose everything, and so I'm just going to continue to hide what I'm dealing with so that no one can know, and then I'll just ask Jesus to forgive me because one, he is faithful to do it. But there's a scripture in James 5, 16, it says, confess your faults one to another, pray for one another so that what? You may find healing. You must, to get out of your fixed mindset, you must invite another brother into that situation. Guys, I have, I have accountability software on my phone. There is a friend of mine and another friend that when they see that, like if I look at something, it will ding their phone and say, hey, you need to call your friend because he's looking at something he shouldn't. For some reason, we look at this up here as some sort of like, We've arrived at some sort of space. No, we're all in the fight. This is the premise and the reason why we have Fight Club, because it is a fight. You're in a fight. I'm in a fight. I'm either coming out of a fight, preparing for a fight, or currently in a fight. There's no man that's, that's free from any three, any of those things. That it's, it's always going to be. You're either preparing, you're either in one, or you're just coming out of one. But we have to get this idea out of our head that we don't ask, don't tell. It should become ask and tell and allow other men to put their arms around you and love you enough to reach their hand down to pick you up out of your pit. How many of you would love to expose some things in your heart and let another man pick you up so that you can actually find freedom? Probably for the first time. Anybody? Man, that's, this is what we do. This is the culture that we must have in this house when it comes to men, when it comes to what we face and what we do. Let's read some scripture. There, there is a great story about a fixed mindset. Anybody ever heard of blind Bartimaeus? Mark chapter 10 and verse 46, it says, then came to Jericho as Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which, is, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And the many rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted even more, son of David, have mercy on me. Then Jesus stopped and said, hey, call him. 
So they called to the blind man and they said, cheer up on your feet, he, which is weird. The guys, they were just telling him to shut up. And now they're saying like, cheering, hey, cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. It's a, people are really fickle. So apparently it's in scripture too. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped to his feet and came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. The blind man said, Rabbi, I want to see. Then Jesus in verse 52 said, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus along the road. And remember, Jesus is the pinnacle of what it means to have a growth mindset. And blind Bartimaeus, we'll just, we'll just assume he's heard about this man, Jesus, who has the ability to heal and to touch and to help people. And so what does he do? He begins to yell and oh, Jesus is coming. He begins to yell, Jesus, the son of Abraham. And you know what's funny is they rebuked him. They told him to shut up. He ignored them and kept yelling because he knew that the healer was on his way. The man who understands what growth mindset is, the man who is in the fixed mindset is blind. How long has blind Bartimaeus been blind? We don't know. Five years? 15 years? Was he blind all of his life? We don't know. Think about you. How long have you dealt with your issue? Has it been your entire life? Has it been 10 years? 15 years? How many years have you actually dealt with a thing that's written on your piece of paper? And so here's blind Bartimaeus yelling for Jesus. And Jesus finally comes up to him. And of course, as you read or heard, Jesus heals him, he can see. But there's something that we always miss in this story. I don't think that I've ever heard anybody really talk about it. And it's crazy to me because it's incredibly significant. In verse 50, the Bible says that he threw off his cloak. Now, if you understand ancient times or scripture, the cloak wasn't just something that kept him warm. The cloak represented his income. It represented his identity. It represented that he was blind. People who were blind in those days wore a specific cloak that actually signified that they were blind. So because they're blind, people know it. They would sit in an Indian style. The cloak would kind of dip between their legs and people would throw coins into the cloak so that he would actually have food to eat. But here's blind Bartimaeus walking towards the healer and he does the most significant thing that I think all of us sometimes skip over is he took off the cloak that represented his blindness. He took off the cloak that represented his entire life's identity. Everything about him, all of it, he put it down and he put it to the side because he was done with being blind. He had to change his identity, remove that, and walk towards the man who can give him his ultimate identity, which is a man who could actually see. So for some of you who are stuck in your fixed mindset, in your thing that's on your paper, what are you going to re-identify with tonight? What can you do tonight? What is something that you can start to believe about Jesus? The, the, the mindset of the master, who is the ultimate growth mindset, what can you do starting tonight to recreate an identity in you? Because the Bible actually declares you righteous. The Bible declares you holy. He even says that you're worthy. There's so many things that God says about us, and yet we will cling on to the identity of our problem because if we, uh, for a lot of men, we don't know how to function if we don't have the thing that we've been dealing with this whole time. I don't know how to function if I don't have the drink. I don't know how to function if I don't go spend 45 minutes in the bathroom and sedate away from my family because they're loud and obnoxious. Raise your hand if you're a man who spends about 45 minutes in the bathroom. Okay, yeah, there's a few of you. You got kids. I totally relate to you guys. Hold on, I need to write that down. A fixed mindset on the bathroom. Okay, 45 minutes, too long. Just one statement on your paper. Write one thing that you can do to take off the cloak. What's one thing that you can do to take off the cloak? Throw that catch box to somebody. I forget where it was. It was over here somewhere. It's because you're new. I was I was aiming at you because you know. Yeah, yeah. No, no. You can pass it up. Mark and go, and then you can pass pass it up to him. So I said, uh, be transparent with my brothers. Clear. You need to pass it up. So what I put was uh, leave past failures and the resulting condemnation. Yeah, condemnation is is a tough thing. I mean, condemnation will keep you going back to the thing that you hate about yourself. Because if I can't get it right, might as well just keep doing it. 
but it's a lie, right? Romans 8.1, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you can pass that to, pass that to just throw it anywhere. I said the same thing. I have a pretty good line of communications with the guy on my left and on my right. And uh, I would say just continuing to do that. The guy on my left is one of the most honest men that I know of. And he gives me a lot of inspiration when he comes to me and tells me something. And his willingness to be open inspires me. Yeah. Toss it over here somewhere. You guys ain't got much love tonight on, on the catch box. Marsh. Yes. I wrote the same thing down. Spirit, lead me all the time. It's the truth. Thanks, Marshall. I also had one uh, share for accountability, uh, but also just start. No more excuses. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be perfect. Just start. I just want to read some verses to you, and then we're going to come in for a landing. Hebrews 12, verse 2, it says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, or right hand of the, or the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We're talking about the mindset of the master, the, the most mentally tough man to ever live. Here's a man who, if you go back and read in Matthew 26, it gives the picture of the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus is kneeling down and he begins to sweat blood because he knows what's about to happen. But he kneels down and he says, God, Father, can this cup just please pass from me? Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. He prayed that prayer three times, but he was in such, such distress and anxiety that he began to sweat blood which is a real condition that people can go through when they're under extreme anxiety and and pressure and stress because he knew what was coming. Jesus kneels, prays the prayer. What I love about this, when you look at the scripture, Jesus begins to say like, oh, here they come. It's as if he stands up and he walks towards those soldiers like he knows what's up. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He walked towards that, that group of soldiers Not to mention one of his disciples was standing over there who walked up to kiss him and betrayed him. How embarrassing and weird is that conversation when he walks up and does that? But I guarantee Jesus looked at Judas with such eyes of compassion that he looked at that man who betrayed him and and he looked at him as the only way a true uh, man, a full of love could do and love that man, which I think probably caused Judas to feel so guilty, which ultimately Judas's fate was, was already sealed. Jesus walked towards those soldiers. He walked into the place where he was going to be falsely accused. He didn't fight them. He didn't push back. They begin to beat him and punch him and kick him. Have, has any, have any of you ever had anybody spit in your face? How did you react? And yet throughout the night, they spat in his face and they beat him and he did not open up his mouth. Jesus, the mindset of the master who is the pinnacle. I don't care if David Goggins, Jocko Willink, you name all the dudes that you want to list as far as guys that you consider to be the toughest men that you can think of. They hold zero candle to the king of kings. This man took an incredible beating and kept walking towards the cross. So much so the Bible says that he was unrecognizable as a man because he was beaten so badly. He took his hands, he put them on a post. They took a cat of nine tails, which is basically a whip that has these strips of leather laced with chips and bones, and they beat that man, and he didn't push back. He didn't tell him to stop. The most mentally tough man to ever live was doing that for you and for me because we needed a sacrifice and we needed a savior. We needed a man who could show us not only the growth mindset, but we needed a man to show us what it means to be mentally tough. Not these guys and all these podcasts. No, Jesus is the one we look to. 
Here's Jesus. He's been beaten so badly, but they're still going to make him carry a cross. And so what? He makes an attempt. It wasn't that he tried, like he just got tired and thought. No, he actually made an attempt to do it, but he was so physically worn out and beaten that he couldn't actually do it. So they get another guy to carry the cross to the place of the crucifixion. And yet Jesus did not open up his mouth. He didn't scream. He didn't say stop. He kept walking towards it. Jesus was a masonry or a carpenter, and and he knew exactly how hard you have to hit a nail for it to go through a piece of wood. And yet here's what he did. He opened up his hand. He knew exactly what was going to happen put his feet together, and they drove nails through his hands and feet, and yet he did not fight back. And then he has the audacity hanging on the cross to look down at all of his accusers and all the people who said crucify him, and he has the audacity and the mental clarity to say, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. He did that for you and me. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that we serve. He is the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth. And he is the one we look to, not these other people, not these other podcasts. No, Jesus, can we get something from him? I'm a part of a high performance group. I love it. But I, I will tell you this. It does not hold a candle to learning from the man who went to the cross on my behalf, who took my sin and nailed it to a cross. He took your affair that you had, sir, and he nailed it to the cross. He took your alcoholism, your porn addiction. He took your mindset that has been fixed and stuck. He nailed it to a cross so that you could actually walk in freedom. That's what Jesus Jesus did the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth did for you and he did for me did for Jonathan Wu and you see his story what I love about John is he's not saying he's perfect he's not saying he's getting everything right at this point in his life he, but he keeps showing up that's all he's doing is showing up that's all I'm like listen I get it I'm the last guy on the hiking that we go hiking anybody ever held Camelback Echo Canyon okay that's hard and it's stupid I don't know why we do it it's, I, it's, it's a dumb idea to ever hike Echo Canyon and yet for some reason we just continue to, continue to show up I, I'm, I'm slower than everybody you just got to keep showing up though because there's a group of men who love you and want to pull you and they take you up on the hike let's do it let's do it but Jesus is on a cross for you and for me nailing your sin your shame your condemnation to that cross that's the mindset of the master. When you go back to the Garden of Gethsemane as we come into a close, the mindset of the master starts and ends with surrender. Not my will, but yours be done. You want to be mentally tough? Surrender. You want to actually have the mindset of Jesus? Be a man that surrenders. Now, don't think that you're just going to come to church and, and sing some songs and that's surrender. No, when you actually surrender to Jesus, he will ask you to do hard things like text someone tonight that you have been angry at and have unforgiveness towards, like maybe a father or an, a, a son that you've been estranged from for however many years. And, and God's going to ask you to send the text. God, when you surrender, God may ask you to expose some things to your wife. Surrender is not easy. It's a man's game. Because Jesus, the most mentally tough man to ever live, showed us how to do that, showed us what it means to actually be a man, which is a man who surrenders to his father. So tonight, I just want to pray. So I'm going to ask every man to, to have their head bowed and eyes closed. If you've never surrendered to Jesus, just like in John's story, I'm not talking about going to church or some prayer that you prayed as a kid. I'm talking about you've never surrendered your life to Jesus in your heart and you're ready as a man, will you boldly just lift your hand up? Several hands. Okay, you can put those down. I want everybody just to repeat after me. Jesus, right now, I surrender to you. I ask you to be the Lord of my life. 
I ask you right now to take control. Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Forgive me of my wrongs. I surrender it to you. I put it at the foot of the cross and I choose you because you chose me. I'm yours now. I'm your child now. I'm surrendered to you now. In Jesus' name. You guys can look up. If you're dealing with something right now and you need immediate prayer, you need some brothers to come around you, let's not miss an opportunity right now. Would you be bold enough to say, hey, I need, I need some guys to pray for me right now. Go ahead and stand to your feet. You guys, I have your hand up. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Whoever raised their hand. Anybody else? All right, those of you that know how to pray, surround these guys and begin to pray for them. Those of you in this section over here, you know how to pray. Let's come and surround Ben. You guys over here that, that see him, come and surround him and pray. Julian, are you standing up as well? Need prayer? This gentleman right here, Julian right here up front needs prayer. You guys know how to pray. Let's surround Julian. Presence is here. Jesus, your presence is here. Presence is another man into that space invite another man and we'll make it real simple for you starting august 22nd is fight clubs here in just a minute you're about to get a text 
that will give you the ability to register for Fight Club. Fight Club is not men's night. So for those of you who registered for men's night, it's not the same thing as Fight Club. Those are two different things, completely separate. Fight Club is what follows our men's night. It will last for six weeks. I compel you to show up to Fight Club and allow other men to walk alongside you. We have boot camp coming up December 8th to the 11th. That is one of the most monumental weekends you will ever have. You will go deep and you will find brotherhood that you can't you can't imagine. And I'm telling you the last time that we went, right Dylan? I see Dylan shaking his head. It, it is life altering. There are already four guys signed up, which means there's 26 spots left. I know it's in December, but you know in your heart, as I said that, as I mentioned it before, hey, I think I need to be there. So go to mensbootcamp.com to sign up so that you can actually be a part of it. Gentlemen, we have such a great church and such a great group of men. It's such a great night. And for those of you, I spoke earlier about the whole marriage thing. Go love your wife. Like, you know what's up. Like, go love your wife. And if you need help to walk alongside that, there are brothers in here like, Again, like Manny, Josh Shurko. Like if you watch he and his wife together, they're, they're stupid cute. Like it's not even it's stupid. It's like, guys, get a freaking room, man. Jeez, it's like, it's in the front row at church. My God, like just calm down, bro. I get it. I get it. I get it. It's true though. It's like they're super cute. Like find guys like Mike Place or guys like, you know, like Aaron. I mean, there's so many guys that are in this room that are, in, that are just savages. But you've got to show up. You've got to come so that you know who's in the room so that you can walk toward and say, hey, I'm dealing with this. I need you. You need me. This is a Manny Martinez line. You need me as much as I need you. He says it all the time, and it's the truth. We all need each other. And so let's do this thing. Let's lean in. Let's become the most compelling group of men that any church has ever seen. The most loving husbands, the most incredible, pure, single dudes. I mean, let's go down the list. Let's become the men that God wants us to be, not so that we can say, hey, look at us, but so that we can point glory to Jesus, the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth. Gentlemen, thank you for coming. We love you. If you need anything, there's you can hang out. Uh, and that's it, unless there's any... There's table for Wednesday workouts. There's tables for men's boot camp. There's tables for uh, fight clubs all outside as you guys walk out. If you have questions, ask questions. There are men that can answer those for you. We love you, gentlemen. We'll see you at the next men's night coming up in January. One of the greatest privileges of being a part of a team like this and a part of a group of men like this is seeing men truly surrender to the Lord. As we said, we believe fully that surrendering is the toughest thing a follower of Jesus can do because God asks us to do some really difficult things. When we're fully surrendered to him, make no mistake, it is hard. But that's what we do as men, as a man who is surrendered, we say yes to hard things. That's a big mantra right now in the high performance field is doing hard things. But I believe that followers of Jesus are called to do the hardest things. We don't get the luxury of hating our brother, even when they deserve it. We don't get the luxury of doing what we want or being quote unquote self-motivated. No, if you're surrendered to the King of Kings, if you're surrendered to Jesus, he will ask you to do hard things. And if you're fully devoted to him, your answer is simply, yes, sir. Yes, I'm all in. So what is he asking you to do? Who do you need to call? What email do you need to send? What group of men do you need to be a 
part of, what is the action that you need to take? Take the next 10 minutes, sit down, ask the Lord, and I almost bet you he'll immediately show you what you need to do. And it might be as simple as drinking a glass of water. Regardless, mentally tough men who follow Jesus, we surrender. We surrender to the King of Kings. We surrender to the most mentally tough man to ever walk the face of the earth, King Jesus. Thanks for listening. 